So, uh, good afternoon, everyone. To those I've never met, welcome. It's great to have you here. We are uh, one that realizes that uh, we are only trying to follow God the way God has designed us to follow him through the Bible. So, if you don't know much about the Bible or never really start to dig into it, I really encourage you to open your mind and perhaps think, maybe uh, I need to understand maybe more God wants to show me. For a long time, I would say over three decades, I would never disown the Bible, but I never understood how the Bible was supposed to open up living and active with God's Spirit to start to move me in a way no literature or textbook or informational book would. God created human language. God created humans. He created the brain for us to think and how to communicate. And if you think about it, God designed that before the creation of the world on how are they going to think and communicate. He processed our minds and he created our minds to have thoughts. And then he created us to be able to speak with the mouth and the tongue and articulate and communicate in language. Language which is understandable. And think how many different languages that you might hear and go, I have no clue what they're saying. Aren't you grateful if you travel someone abroad and someone knows the language of that country? You're like looking at them. Uh, can you tell them uh, I would like no mushroom sauce on my burger? And they're like, you're like, thank you. But see how we all think we speak language. God is the one that originated the language from his word. And I'm not talking about different languages anymore. I'm talking about truth is his language. Amen. Truth is what was originated from God in his word. Doesn't matter what language the word of God is written in. We all as humanity, if we humble ourselves, can understand how to walk and move and breathe and live under him and with him. Amen. Amen? Amen. Is that Amanda Sullivan back there for crying out loud? How you doing? I don't mean to bring tension to you. I just couldn't help it. I saw that beautiful auburn red hair shining over here. And I've known her since she was, uh, I got pictures on the wall with you with my kids about uh, four or five, six, I don't know. But I still have the pictures. But it's nice to see you. Now that I've embarrassed you, welcome. Let's look at our Bible. And as we go to our Bible, thank you, Giovanni, for sharing that communion. You know, I love when people get up there, and I, I just could tell you're feeling a lot. That's real. I appreciate that, just being willing to be real up here, because uh, we all have empathy and compassion for you, but we all can kind of understand, even if we don't understand what he's going through, we understand challenge in life and pain, right? Thank you, Marcos, for uh, leading us through uh, contribution. So now let's pray right now. To God. Dear Heavenly Father, God Almighty, we come to you right now in prayer, and the only reason I'd even attempt to pray is because your word told me how to, I can pray with a confidence in Jesus. Otherwise, I, I wouldn't think I would even be able to be heard by you. But I know it's because of Jesus that we can come to you, and I just pray right now, God, that we can open our hearts. No matter where we are, continue to realize we are now coming to worship you. That's why we come to church. Whether someone's coming for the first time or not, we need to set our heart and mind on things above. And we're striving to grow and live and worship in faith. Though we don't see you, we love you. And though we've never seen you, we believe in you. And we are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. Because we are receiving the goal of our faith, the salvation of our souls. Please be with me, God, as I preach your word. I'm humbled to preach. I'm honored to be able to be a, like a conduit because uh, just like any other man or woman, I need as much grace today as I would tomorrow, even though I'm trying to do my best. Thank you, God. Be with me. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the title of the uh, message is Come to Your Senses. Now, you could say, that's kind of abrasive. I'm not saying it like, come to your senses. I'm just making it as, hey, come to your senses. Amen. Have you ever come to your senses? 
what, or, or, or realized it changed your mind or went, oh, I could have did it that way, but I already did it. Or, you know, like Sonia and I, we're going to, the, uh, we're going to a restaurant, the Cheesecake Factory, and we have had, I don't even think we still used it. We have a Cheesecake Factory gift card someone gave to us, I don't even know how long ago. Sorry, I can't remember who gave it to me so long ago. And we go to the Cheesecake Factory, we put, a we put it in our date, to our date night, because we have a $50 gift card, which still isn't going to pay for everything at the Cheesecake Factory, right? But it sure makes a big dent, so we're excited, and we're getting there, we get there, and we're almost there, and we go, we forgot the card. <laughs> or no, we actually sat down, and we realized we forgot the card, but then we went, okay, we'll do it next time. But then I wasn't ready to pwn, you know, here's my credit card. You know what I'm saying? We came to our senses, we went, oh my gosh, we should have, I didn't remember to bring, the, we talked about it, the card's right there. So next time I said, let's put it in my car and just leave it there. Because I'm not good at that, I, I'm not good at, oh, the card. So maybe that's what I'm talking about with you. But let's just open up and see what God, so don't be offended when God says, hey, what you think you were doing, if you're open to my correction from the Bible, just go, oh, okay, let me change. If, if, if that's what you need to do. And since we're not God, and Jesus died for the sin of mankind, wouldn't it be fair to say that we should have an open heart of coming to our senses continuously in grace for the rest of our lives, saying that, God is continuing to want us to conform us to the likeness of his son, Jesus, and help us change and become more like the character and the heart of God, which is love. So it's not wrong to say I'm continuing to come to my senses in the Lord because I'm continuing to grow and change and learn because I want to. Turn your Bibles to John chapter 4, verse 21. And point number one is come to your senses in worship. What do I mean by that? Well, worship is an interesting word, but we all know from just whether you've heard it or not or grow up in churches, we, you, some people could say go, come to worship service, church service, worship service. The Bible talks about worship God with reverence and awe. How do you know how to do that? I don't know, except I do know only from what the Bible tells me. Let's look in uh, verse 21. Come to your senses in worship. John 4 21 reads, woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and now has come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he'll explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. That's great, because that's the same to us. He's here. He can explain how we worship. I want to know more. Because she's all excited, and then she says, guess what? God, Jesus says, I am God. I'm here to, that's why I'm saying what I'm saying. Because she's like, oh, right? Yes. So the thing I, I want to focus on, and I really love this, is because I had a sense of growing up and believing in God, like I've shared before, but until I really studied out God's word and learned about why Jesus came, but not only because he died, but what did he want from me after I understood that he died for my sin and I got in touch, which is very important because it, before I could be saved, I need to repent. I, I can't just go, hey, I mean well, and I don't know what I did wrong, but I want to be. No, I had to get in touch with my sin. But then after I, I, I got baptized into Christ for the forgiveness of my sins and I received the gift of the Spirit because basically God says that's what you get from God's word. Why? Well, because I honestly said, whatever I, wherever I am and whatever I need to change, show me in your word, and if it's sin, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to get a conviction. Even if I don't think it's wrong, I'm going to make it wrong, because I'm going to start to love what you love, and I'm going to hate what you hate. Amen. Sin. Yes. So I had even prayed about some sins I was numb in. But I realized that God, God gave us his word inspired carried along he carried along men through 1500 years 
and carried them along by his spirit, right? We know that the Bible says all scriptures God breathed in 1 Peter uh, or 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21, it says you must understand that no scripture came about by the man's own interpretation because the word of God never originated from man, but God carried them along as they wrote it down. He worked in their lives, so it's no man made it up. So once I understood after that, I go, now what? I'm alive. I'm saved. Well, first John helped us understand, like, you know, what do you need to do? And lots of times when uh, people are baptized into Christ, they go, now what? Well, you're walking in the light now. The Bible says walk in the light now that you came and were called out of, war- out of darkness into the wonderful light, right? Now walk in the light. Well, that means you've got to continue to be willing to come to your senses in learning from God because being a disciple of Jesus is a Christian. And a disciple means student, but I would dare say because of the first greatest commandment is love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. We could even say be a great student. Be the best student you can, right? If you're going to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, then to follow Jesus would not just be like, don't be like me in high school. I was mediocre. I just did what I needed to to get by. I never even had ambition to get a B or an A. I was like, why are you doing that? I want to go to the party. I want to hang out. I know that's wrong. (laughs) But then when I understood the Bible later in life, I never was a good student until I was moved by the cross. And I realized this is the truth. Now I became and I've decided to ask God to continue to give me passion and conviction to strive to make this the most important goal of my life, to please you the rest of my life and try to honor you and be humble and not be afraid to be embarrassed and help and continue to pull me into my life because I know that I need to come to my senses. But in worship, I had to learn correct worship because I was brought up and I was like, okay, what does it mean to worship God in spirit and in truth? And what's more important in verse 24, Jesus even stamps. He says, God is spirit and his worshipers must must worship in spirit and truth. So Jesus is saying it's not even an option for you to just think how your worship is okay if you're not looking at the scriptures. Because most people want to kind of in life err on they think they know better. You know, interesting, I'm doing a survey on all you people. (laughs) Not all you people, I'm doing a survey on me, but I noticed a nature of human beings, myself first. It's interesting how if we get in a conversation with someone and someone is saying something and then you think something different, how you can think you know the answer without, without really knowing it. And I went, wow, that's kind of in my nature. And the reason I'm trying to catch that more is because when I see it in other people's nature, I go, that's ugly. I don't mean they're ugly. I meant I'm ugly. Because I go, how many times have I tried to prove a point when I don't really 100% have the facts? But you're just saying, I know it's right. Someone will say, oh, no, 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 you left this and you forgot that. No, I didn't. It's right here. No, no, you forgot it. No, no, it's right here. We can just imagine. I don't think we're trying to be wrong. I think just our nature can think we know more. Or we just think it was there. Sometimes we'll say, no, 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 you, and then, no, you you didn't do that. You must worship in spirit and truth. What does that mean? That means you got to be willing to change your mindset on whatever you thought was right if the Bible calls it different. You might think that's easier said than done, but it isn't. Look in, look, uh, uh, look in Matthew chapter 21, verse 28. Actually, before we do that, I'm sorry, go to Jeremiah 17, 9, then we'll go there. Point number two is come to your senses to change your mind. How easy it is it to change your mind on things? I'm not even talking biblically. Things that are disputable. Are you just so stubborn that you're not willing to go along and want to do something someone else does, wants to do instead of you just setting your mind? Or can you change your mind and actually even on certain things say you're wrong? Jeremiah 17, 11. I mean, Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? You know, this is, a, this is an unpopular 
but nonetheless very true estimate of the natural heart of man, God says. People don't like to hear that if they've never heard it before. And I, I agree. I've had to work really hard, and I actually now am at a point, you know, I've really, when I first became a disciple, I saw that, I went, what, am I an idiot then, God? I'm just always wrong? And then, and then people help me. I said, no, no. You just got to realize that your nature and the inclination of, is to be deceived. That's why God gave us Jesus from the word to follow the pattern of light, to help even our conscience. You've heard a saying, let your conscience be your guide. There's some truth in that, but sometimes it's just said like that. Well, Paul says, my conscience is clear, Apostle Paul, but that does not make me innocent. Because even if you believe what you're doing right and you're fine, you could be wrong in God, from God's word, but you just don't know. You haven't looked into it to be open. Yes. See, what is the translation? Well, the, the comments on what it almost can see desperately wicked, the translation from the uh, King James Version and, and, and the name, or gravely ill, it goes deeper, like deceitful. It means that you, aren't, you are able to grow and change and make decisions. But if you don't have that humility in your heart and be willing to go, I could be wrong, or, or, or God help me to be humble in your word, we get very defensive on our past or maybe what we think has been right religiously. And we don't even realize by not even wanting to talk about it or go, we've already dismissed it because it doesn't mean the truth is necessary there. But find it. I found it, and I, I found the truth, which is perfect, but I'm not, but I'm willing to go, God, I know I need a lot of help, and I know I need grace, but I don't want to use it for excuse, but help me each day to recorrect my mind and my thoughts, and thank you for repentance, God. Amen. You guys with me? Yeah. So now let's go to Matthew 21, 28. I have to do this, Kenji, because I love you too much. Because it's, she gave a perfect example. It's not even on her. It's all of us. It's humanity. She spoke about humanity out of her mouth last night. And Afonso was like, no, I'm just kidding. But I love them. We, they were some of our best friends. We went out for our date last night together. And we had, you know, we have, we have discipling time. They're amazing shepherds of the church. Uh, and we appreciate their guidance and their friendship and just get open. But we had a great time. And we were talking about, some, about somebody, some situation. And we were talking about, Something that I said, no, this is the way it's spelled. And she said, no, 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 it's this way. <laughs> and I said, no, it's spelled this way. And I said, the only reason I'm saying it, because I know for a fact, and I've looked it up, and it's a fact. <laughs> and then she's looking it up. She's behind me in the, in the back seat with Sonia. She's like this, and I can't see her. I can sense her out of the back of my head, the pride. <laughs> I can sense her pride, the fumes going, and she's like... And then I gently told her, I said, you know, I try to be, it's very rare, and I try not to even go there in a, in a conversation or even take a stance unless I've for sure read a fact about something. And this was a fact about a name. And it was just, I happened to know factually. It was just fact. <laughs> no, 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 no. And then she starts reading the history of it, and then she starts reading, and it actually says the name I said was correct. She went, and then she just skipped over it without stopping and went... <laughs> And then she started reading in the Heritage back in 1840. They started, this is when she started giving me a history lesson on the origin of it. And I'm driving and I go, and I'm driving, this is a conversation going out of the back of my head while I'm driving. Fonzo's right here and I go, amen. Wow, sister, are you going to stop and say I was wrong? I'm sorry. Or are you just going to keep telling me the whole dissertation of the whole historical thing, trying to smoke screen me and, and not say sorry? And not that I'm going to say sorry, but... You need to say it. I was wrong. You're right. I'm sorry. I stand corrected. Just trying to help a sister out. Just trying to help a local sister out. Help me to help you, sister. But she was humble. She kind of went. And I took that as sorry. All right, my wife said she said sorry, amen. That's because I had to pull the car out. We had to do a prayer huddle. I'm just kidding. No, she said sorry before I pulled over. Otherwise, we have to get out and pray hard. Shepherdess can't be walking around going. Nee, 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 nee. Matthew 21, 28. 
Point number two is come to your senses to change your mind. Well, what do you mean, come to my senses? Because you're not set, and sometimes you think you don't know it all, and you can't. You can change an older person's a dog's tricks, right? You can't. So if you're sitting here hearing the truth and not doing anything about it, you're. Where no one's. It's like, where are you at? How can you justify possibly if you're not living the life? Because whatever you say, it's not between anybody but you and God. But God wants you to find the truth, and you must worship in spirit and truth. Jesus said, you must do it. You can't. It's like. If you don't figure it out, you're going to be held accountable. That's what he's saying. And in chapter 21, verse 28, it says, what do you think? See, Jesus likes to pull people in right away like a Bible talk. That's a great Bible talk uh, parable, isn't it? Hey, let's read this. What do you guys think? There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go and work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered. But later he changed his mind and went. But then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. He answered, I will, sir. But he did not go. Now, I've been chewing on this little short parable of what is it? Two, two, three verses. It's been in there. It's like so deep for me that I wasn't even going to bring it out last couple Sundays because I kept going, God, I need deeper understanding for myself. Because, But the thing that really hit me in my study and my prayer over weeks, because I go, it's so simple of a parable, and you've got to take it in context, of course, with the other one, with the other things. But it says here, verse 29, I will not, he answered, but later he changed his mind and went. So I go, what happened between... His dad, the man, the, the, the father, it says, well, what do you think? He has some sons. He goes, go work in the vineyard today. And then he says, no, I will not. What was going on, because it's not in Scripture, what happened between that guy, that son that made him decide on his own to go, I, I, I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to do it. And since it's from Jesus and everything Jesus says in parables is an earthly story, about an eternal meeting, it always has to have a spiritual moment, a, a spiritual moment, a spiritual movement in your in human's heart, humanity. There's a lesson for all time to go, what's going on here? And we know a great part of this lesson is change your mind. And we know who is the father telling the sons? Well, the father is, is a representative. The man working in this is God. It really is God saying, go do this. I will not, but later you change your mind and you will. And that's really about it. It's not like, don't get me wrong, if your father and you're growing up in your household, you want to try to respect your dad, right? Everybody, you know, the Bible even says honor your mother and father, right? Honor your parents. But this is about God now. But the other son just threw it out. I will, sir, but did not go. No accountability. Sometimes people that don't get held accountable... Jesus says, let your yes be your yes, your no be your no. We can call it in terms like flaky. The Bible says it's very serious. Irresponsible. Don't even say it. How many times, I mean, hopefully as you grow in your your faith with God and your your loyalty to God, you want to be a man of character to human beings, a woman of character. You, you don't, because you know what's going to make you do anything indisputable, but if you say you're going to be there, it's character. Most people that are successful understand when I say I'm going to be there, whether it's my meeting or it's someone else's meeting, I'm going to be there, but not only barely getting in, I'm going to be there. Or if, if, an un, if an, something happened, I I'm going to let them know, hey, I'm sorry, I'm coming, I'm this far out. That, that's like character. But with God, he expects you to do what he says. You must worship in spirit and truth. What is truth? Well, let's look at Genesis 4.1. So the son that took his time, if you think about it, what made him think, why am I going to change? Well, he had to think about who is his father. Obviously, he was under his roof in the parable speaking. He must have thought of the kindness, possibly, in a home from a father that even has a family business, so to speak, and said, I need you to go do this. And he must have thought, wow, I appreciate my dad, and I appreciate what he does for me. And something moved him, probably by the love and the care and, and 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 started thinking, like, he's my dad. He takes care of me. 
the vineyard I'm working in, I'm probably going to inherit. You know, that's what he's probably thinking. He's like, I'm working in his vineyard. And something made him go, I'm gonna, I need to go do that. Amen. Change his mind. And see, that's what God wants us to do. He even waits on us. Now, the other one that said, I will, sir, but didn't, is already fooled and thinks they're doing okay or they're okay even though they don't do it. We can get into that point where we can be deceived, right? The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. What's that mean? That's hard to grasp, guys, because the Bible says you aren't fixable. That's why we need Jesus, not just to be saved once. We need Jesus to continue to restore us. And God's what's he looking for, a relationship with him. And if he is God and we are not, then we need to strive to, like what uh, Giovanni shared about being humble. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he'll lift you up. So humility is a characteristic of striving to want to be led by God. To want to be obedient to God. Not because you have to. Not because you're earning your salvation. Because of God's love. It compels you. Why do I do what I do? I love the scripture in 2 Corinthians 5.14. It says, for Christ's love compels me to live for him. Because I'm convinced he died for me. So I'm no longer going to live for myself, but I'm going to live for him who died for me. Anytime I get to struggle or I think it's inconvenience or I'm not feeling like it, I go, why am I going to do it? And I always encourage people to not just answer your questions when you're studying the Bible and finding out what is the truth or what is a Christian, but the rest of your life you're studying your Bible to walk with God. But then you're, even when, as a Christian, you want to go, why, why would I do that? Because if you, you're always going to be in those two sons things because you need grace. But don't get faked out like you think you're doing well and you've started to subtly not obey God with all your heart. The Bible even calls that being lukewarm. And no one is trying to get anybody, but we're trying to go, God, get your heart. God wants you to get your heart right. Be that son that changes his mind and does what's right, even if he blew it at first. Genesis chapter 4 verse 1 says, Adam made love to his wife Eve. And she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Later, she gave birth to his brother, Abel. Now, Abel kept flocks. No comments from the peanut rally today. I don't mean to call my dad a peanut. My awesome father, 82-year-old, right in front row. That's a dream that I never thought would happen. I love you, Dad. <laughs> How could that be that bad? The evangelist dad is up there right in the front row. Get me, keep me accountable. Anytime I tell a story growing up, I better be straight up. Because he's the fact verifier. He's like, eh, okay, yeah, yeah, uh, you, know, you, weren't, you, you weren't a regular choir boy, no. But I saw you change your mind as you studied the Bible. Slow, but adult. So here we go in verse 2. Later, she gave birth to his brother, Abel. Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of his firstborn of the flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you. You must, but you must rule over it. That's changing your mind, right? He's God's working with him. He's saying, but now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. And while they're in the field, Cain attacked his brother and killed him. So he did not, God did not change, get him to change his mind, even though he was very patient and gracious. Cain was in a bad place for a while. And even that's how God's word speaks to us. Why are you downcast? Why are you angry? Someone may have totally personally violated you, which is true. Okay, it's understandable, but it's unacceptable for what Jesus did. Let's get your heart back, and you can only do what you can. But you want to understand this. The process of time in verse 2 or three, verse 3 when it says in the course of time. You know, you have to understand 
What's that mean? The present time mentioned in verse 3, like the beginning of verse 3, allows for a considerable like increase in the world's population. So in the course of time, they lived longer back then still. Yeah. See, there must have been a time also because we don't know exactly, and there's speculation like just from reading what we read, just dissecting just what we read. We don't know why God didn't look with favor initially on Cain. It just said on Cain, he, did, he, he, he was not happy with it. And if God's not happy with your worship, that's an act of worship, by the way. They're, they're giving out of faith and worship, worshiping God, faith. Why? Well, I believe there was a time that the, Cain and Abel were instructed that the sinful man can approach holy God only by the ground of the blood of a substitutionary sacrifice it even went into the israelites where you had to sacrifice an animal to get your attention to come to your senses and be cut and feel and want to be forgiven by god now jesus is the final lamb of god but when you had to sacrifice a living thing because of something you did wrong that would get your attention it's like, oh, you know, even though animals were given to us to eat and stuff, God said that. But back then, so this is the direction that Cain should have known, and he did it his own way. That's the issue. He did not worship God in truth because he decided to do it his way but still come forward. And what did he bring? See, Cain rejected this direction of this history of the Old Testament people, and came with a bloodless offering of fruits and vegetables. Now, that's not wrong in of itself to give something that evens yours. But he said, no, you're not following. You did it your own way. You did it the way you want to do it. And Abel believed in the decree that God had said to offer slain animals. So he demonstrated his faith. And look quickly over to Hebrews 4, 11, 4. And let's look at this because it mentions this again. And it's very important. You guys with me? In Hebrews 11, 4, says, By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he's dead. See, Abel still speaks is because of his faith. See, faith, when you die faithful, people around you will remember you. When you repent, like and come back like 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 Raya did, praise God. That's faith. Repentance and coming back is faith. And she and, and we we are so glad because we all know that's what the plan of love is, is to try to keep us together in Christ. So Abel brought a better offering than Cain did. By faith he was commended. So we must understand that Cain wasn't commended by faith because he was out of the truth. See, you can't come and even sincerely do something to God if you're not in truth direction or not obedient to truth, even if you mean well. Sincerity does not equal the truth, does it? Sometimes, I guess, you could be sincere and it could be true. Kenji, she wasn't trying to lie to me. I believe she really believed she was right. I don't think that sister, she's just lying again. No, I, I know Kenji. She's got great character. I just think her headstrong, you know, manager in her company and business. And I think she meant well. And then, you know, I, this was the only time I could say it's a fact. I wasn't going to keep arguing. I was like, look, and she looked at him. She went, oh. I love you, Kenji. I love you deeply. Thank you for letting me use that because it could have been me next time. I learned from your mistake. But guys, think about this. It's by faith. You can't come to God with truth in your faith and then non-truth by something you still believe was right. That's what it is. Sometimes people say, your church, my church. It's not even about churches. It's about the whole truth, nothing but the truth. And it's, about, it's not hard to figure out. That's the whole problem. You just go to the scriptures, and it's not up and up somebody. It's just what is the way God wants us to worship with our lives? What is the plan of living your life what does it mean to repent make jesus lord and be baptized and what does it mean before you're baptized to make jesus lord what does that mean not a control issue it's about a life and letting god move your heart yeah. 
You guys with me? So, you know, if we go back to Genesis 4 real quick, let's look at that. So you guys, you see that faith was not being exercised with Abel, so he's already out of bounds. And since he knew what to do, he just did it himself. We see his heart was even more angry when God got down with him. And that's what the Spirit does with us. God does that with us when his word. Come on. What's up? God is so loving. And that's why he uses disciples, his disciples of Jesus, to love one another, spur one another on daily. It's, it's being in each other's lives. Not just to hang out, but it's like loving each other. But also when you see something you're concerned with, an unchristlike attitude, which we all can get, you try to get in there and say, hey, what's going on? Just because God's using you, but then you use God's word, and that's God using us. You look upset, or some, you look hurt, or you, whatever it is, there's something wrong when you're not at peace with God. That's what God says here in, in, in verse 6. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? He already knew. He was, when you're disobedient to God, you're not happy. And if you stay in your deception, the heart is deep of all things, you may incorporate happiness, but you'll never have the joy of God. But your pride will still try to manufacture it because pride is strong. But if you're alone and you know you don't know what you're saying you think you know, you're not confident. Because the only way I can say I'm confident is in the blood of Jesus, but I also am confident to say whatever the God's word says I will obey, and if I'm corrected by somebody, I will obey. That's my heart. I, I, there's not an argument with anything on that. Anybody can come up to me and say, what does this say? Or can I show you this? Or you possibly spoke wrong. Or what's going on with your heart? And if I don't humble out, I know right away it's not even about people. I'm just right now going, I'm becoming the son that's acting right with God and saying, yes, I will, but is wrong and trying to be righteously self-righteous in religion just because I've been around. Wow, I'm in trouble. If you do what's right, you'll be accepted. I mean, you think about God's love. If you do what's right, I want to turn it around, Cain. Then he has to let him go, just like the first son. Hey, go work in the field. I will not. But later he changed his mind. He gave Cain because free will choice is a blessing. It's a power. Think about how powerful the gift of being a human being is, but let alone now having the mind and the liberty that God does want you to make decisions and mature emotionally, mentally, and physically in a character way as a human being to, to realize you get the choice to do or don't every day. How many choices do you make? Guess who that is? My awesome father. I love you, Dad. It's all right. It wouldn't be any better if I was writing a play. It'd have to be that way. You don't have to say sorry. I love you. If you do what's right, you'll be accepted. Isn't that the truth? You've shown the Bible. You got to be, it takes courage to go, even if you've established yourself, to go, what's the Bible saying? Maybe you don't really quite know, or maybe you know some things, but you have to put your heart down because you, you, Satan's already making you and your heart of deceitfulness can already go, it's us against them. Someone's going to try to one up you. No one's ever doing that. That's the nature of humanity. Just showing in the Bible and just being open in and going, okay, what's it say? And asking questions from each other and learning each other. It's not even personal, it's just to help each other. Because it's a heart before God. You guys with me? So it says here, so I think in the process of time, it allowed for uh, the increase in world's population. So then Cain and Abel come. So there's a lot of people on earth at that time. And then there must have been a time when Cain and Abel were instructed that a proper sacrifice must be a blood offering to God, a sacrifice. And that's what we see as it went on in the Old Testament, sacrificing bulls and calves in the best of your land, showing God that you trust God by faith. Like by giving, when we give to church, it's give out of what you have, right? But it's, it's really a faith issue because the church will, the church needs to run and grow as we make disciples. That's what God says to do. And he says in the interim, by giving your support and seeing people raise up, you're building God's kingdom. And you need to say more importantly, if I'm called to raise up, Unless, you know, you get free choice, but why not? Yes. To, go, you know, do anything, go anywhere, give up everything. Right. Become disciples. Jesus says you must, any one of you who wants to be my disciple must give up everything they have. Yeah. That's a conviction. That's not just to, a, like, someone going in the ministry full time. That's a disciple. Right. Cain rejected this revelation, and then he came with a bloodless offering of fruits and vegetables. 
See, it might seem simple. It's not even, it's even come over, but it's a heart issue. And that's where God went, I am not happy because you are doing what you think you think I'll like. And I've called you to do it this way. And now you're coming sincerely with something that I'm sure you got. But don't, I want you to do it. I want you to obey me my way, not your way. Abel believed that. So then we see Cain got more angry because the sin gets deeper. He got jealous because he didn't even hear God. Hey, just do what's right. Instead, he focused instead of what God's saying. He's like, like, oh, my gosh, I'm ticked off that my brother's getting lifted up. And then it just got into jealousy, anger, and we went into murder. But it was a free choice. He could have went, you're right. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know why I did that. What, let me, let me, I'm sorry, God. He could have said that. God said, okay, this is why I want you to do what you do. Because I am your God, and I want you to trust me and do it my way. And not trying to control you, but just trust and obey. Trust and obey. There's no other way. Yes. See, he says if you do well, which would mean by repenting. Do you, he says, you know, why are you angry and down? Because it, 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 it says, it, you know, if you do what is right, which would be biblical, change your mind. See, Peter says repent. Jesus says repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Change your mind. That's what that means consistently. Change your mind. Continue to have your God, your God wash your mind with this word daily. See, if you repent and you change your mind, you're, you're going to do well. You're going to be accepted. And you'll be able to look up again in freedom from anger and guilt that you're, that you're holding from, with pride. If you don't do well by continuing to hate your brother and be jealous, sin is right there, man. And I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. I, it's going to take you out. I'm trying to help you. That's what God keeps saying. I'm trying to help you. It's crouching right there, and it's going to destroy your relationship with me, and it's going to destroy your relationship with people, and it sure did. See, Abel's desire is for God and wanting to do what God wants, and then he had a great heart to get the fat portions because I go, he goes, God, everything I have is from you. So let's look back in Matthew 21. And go back to the uh, the boys. See, if you understand, you have the ability by letting, by submitting to God as Jesus is Lord, which means Jesus is the Word of God. The Word of God is the authority God Almighty gave it. You have the ability to get yourself humble. And be willing to be humble by even having conversations, which means you're going to be willing to be open. Because if you're not open, that means you're just done. I'm just, that, that means the heart. Because you're not asking anybody permission. You're going, hey, I just need, I want to talk about this. Sometimes I'll go, you know, I'm a disciple. I just want to talk out loud right now. This is what, this is what I'm thinking. Why? Not because I'm looking for a man to control me. I want people that are close to me to know my thoughts. Because even if I've corrected them, I just want you to know sometimes I can possibly think like that. Why? I just want everything to be known because God knows it, but I want all the help I can get. I want my nature that I'm prone to to be helped. Yes. And brothers and sisters that are close to me, I invite them to know it. I don't try to make an excuse, but I don't, I just want to finish. I want to get to heaven. I want to go to heaven. I'm going to heaven. Jesus died, but I want to stay that way. I can't stay that way by just naturally. It's not like going to get a, an immunization when you get baptized. Okay, you're good to go. No, I got to stay walking with God and willing to do my part and be the son that continues to change his mind and do what's right by God as I learn. You guys with me? Say So uh, here we see uh, in uh, 21... Verse, uh, wait, 21, right? Yeah. You know, there we go, 28. I want to just finish it up where it says, when you see uh, in verse, let's just sum it up in verse 30. He says, the father went to the other son and said the same thing. I will, I, I, I will, sir, but he did not go. Verse 31, which of the two did what his father wanted? The first they answered. Now he's speaking to Jewish people, leaders of the Jewish churches, the, the Israelites, the Old Testament, who actually are the ones that were supposed to really be obeying God. Right. But they didn't even realize talking to God 
that they were deceiving themselves. They th they, they're saying, I will, I will, but they got, Jesus was saying, you're the second son. You're saying all the right things and acting like you're walking with me, but your heart is deceitful. And you're, you honor me with your lips, but your heart of obedience and pattern of life do not obey. So he says, they say the first they answered. Then Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to show you the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you did not repent or change your mind and believe. Change your mind takes a change of a direction. Repent means to change direction in your mind and your heart because your mind must lead and your body will follow with your heart. So they didn't do that. And what's he mean by the tax collectors? Well, he says you're so deceived, and he's not trying to put these other people down, but the obvious people that don't even act religious, that don't even know me yet, once they get a chance, they're chomping at the bit to be humble. Thank you. Humility. See, these people, I guess, they look down on because they were obvious, like tax collectors were cheats back then. So he's saying not the, on, there had to be some honest tax collectors, I think, and there was honest Pharisees too. But he's always saying like people that were cheating or taking advantage of their position uh, for money. And it was corrupt. But the prostitutes, that, that, that's sin too, right? And he's not putting them down. He says, they're entering ahead of you. Why? They had to change. They, to be, they were the first son and daughters. They at first go, I'm going to live my way. I'm in sin. But when they understood God's plan, they repented and then said, I will, and they changed from these things and got right with God, and now they are entering into the kingdom ahead of the people that think they're right from their religious backgrounds but aren't. Isn't that sad? And he says, man, John came to show you the way of life, John the Baptist, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you did not believe. He's seeing amazing, he's saying that's the real miracle, isn't it? You saw these people that you looked down on, they've changed completely. It's so radical. You're like, weren't you that prostitute who was on the corner all day? What are you doing? You change, you're completely different. Yeah. I, I realize that God Almighty helped me change. I'm a different person. That's what we have today. If you truly become a disciple of Jesus, sometimes you think, well, we've got to hopefully study with someone and they see a miracle. No, you just need to be humble. You need to be show them that you're striving to believe what you're saying and what you've done. And you'll be able to share how things that weren't, weren't that easy, but you prayed and you really did repent. And you'll be, able to change, you'll be able to talk about things that you are striving to fight and change. That's what they need to see. Someone who agrees with God's word and is striving to go, God, help me. And I'm not, I don't need to be reconvinced again and again. I, I have humbly submitted and believe your Bible is the words of God. And I'm going to submit to you. And now that I'm living in the final plan of God, which is Jesus, the new covenant. I'm submitting to Jesus through God. You guys with me on that? So if you look at, um, the worship, the act of worship, right? Spirit and truth. Well, what does that mean? And we can talk about this again, but you got to realize Jesus says something very powerful. Don't get faked out by all the churches and the denominations and the names. We call ourselves the Orlando International Christian Church. Why? we got to name it something so we can be above board with the state. We have to be a 501c3. We have to be registered, obey the laws of the land. And why do we put international? Because Jesus says all nations. Now, some people may be converted in Orlando that don't go to all nations, but that's what we're part of. It's not just this church. God looks down from heaven and goes, I want a movement, one church over the whole world, perfectly united in thought and mind, doing what I said and helping everyone in language, no matter what language they're speaking, the words of God and showing Jesus. Jesus spoke Aramaic and Hebrew, Greek, and whatever else he wanted to speak. But... But it's not about the language. It's about being uniform. So we don't make it difficult. What's your church believe? We strive to worship God in spirit because God is a living God. And truth. Where's the truth? The Bible. Period. Anything added or taken away, you're in trouble. Because you're just being like Cain, bringing, you're sincere and going, I agree. I want. But you're bringing things that you, that he's not agreeing with. And you sincere, I want to do, this is, I don't want that. I've asked you to do it this way. But no, I meant, well, I'm bringing it in. No, no. 
No, there's got to be a way of life. You're going to confuse yourself and other people. So it's just about a fact about, forget about whether it's sin or not. It's disobedience and just being humble to realize that part I don't approve of. Come in and fully come in and be a disciple the way Jesus defines in the Bible. In Orlando, in India, in Brazil, in South America, in China, in Ohio. Or whatever else you are, you should, I should be able to agree with everyone in the international Christian churches and any other church that is teaching and living out discipleship of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. So the unacceptable, just a couple notes on this, is faith. Because by faith, Abel offered God a more excellent sacrifice to Cain. No, it's Abel offered his sacrifice by what? Faith. Look in Romans 10, 17. I can see you guys really good. I like that. I can see that stunning couple, Jermaine and Brittany, back there. Ain't done. <laughs> now I can hear Chaz. Who doesn't know Chaz's voice? I can hear that anyway. Come on. And it says in, in Romans 17, so then by, but then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The message is from the word of God. So faith comes by the word of God. Abel offered his sacrifice by faith according to the word of God, not according to what he thought or what he learned that may need to be unlearned, even if people meant well. If we worship God by faith, we worship as the word of God directs. Otherwise, it's not saving faith, even if you believe sincerely with some, if I put a drop of water, one little drop of oil in a glass of water, no one's going to drink it. So you have to realize it's not about disputing. It's just wrong because God's word said, so even though you meant, like me, I grew up a lot uh, before I studied the Bible, believing things that weren't correct or even opposite. And I said, where is that? I believe this all my life. I've been taught that this is what God said. And when I had to examine the scriptures, I had to wrestle because I never really held to a standard. I just believed what I was taught, truths about Jesus. But then there was truths that weren't true, that they said were truths, so they weren't truths. And that's where I had to go, what am I going to go by, this emotional tradition of years, or am I going to disqualify what's wrong? Yes. It's not personal. Forget about what everybody else thinks. They shouldn't be upset with you. It's like, man, why are you getting so upset? It's not your religion. You're acting like just because you went there and your families went there and your family's family went there. What the heck? Come on. Yeah. Why do we make it so personal? Why do we act like that's our church, that's your grandparents' church, that's a church we always... Why is it even about that? It's God's truth. Forget about what you used to. Forget about your traditions. Forget about it. And go to the word of God and disown what's never, what's, what you find is untrue. Take it out. And go, wow, I believe this. It's wrong. You wrestle with, with God's word, not with family sentimentality. You try to explain to them with, with great patience, careful instruction, and not be disrespectful. But you say it's not about that. I've studied the Bible. I follow Jesus. I know you believe in Jesus, maybe. Our church said that, but I'm showing you other things that I want to show you why I've decided. I'm not trying to preach to you. I'm sh I want to share with you why I'm changing. It's not like I'm some idiot just going with the wind, going, I'm going to go over here now. I started examining the Bible. See, Romans 14, 23, look at that. My dad is here in the audience, and I think I've shared that, but when I, studied, when I started reaching out to him, it took t ten, more than 10 years. And I'd come home, and I'd realize I had to learn. I'm overdoing it because I, I lived in a different state, and I'd come visit, and I was just, I realized, sometimes you have to realize you've got to be a person, too. You just can't come every time and go, the Bible says this, and try to, you know. He looked over me and says, you, you, you talk about anything but your church? He didn't mean to be mean, but I just was like, I remember, I'll never forget that. And it wasn't from him. I just went. What am I looking like? Because he doesn't understand fully, and I just come back. i got to be me and just pick wisdom and not just try to, you know, because I loved him, but you, you can't be over, you got to can't be zealous without knowledge. Yes. You have to love people and help people and then share why you do and try to get them back to the Bible to make it a discussion. Yes. So, and, but then he finally, and I remember, what, my dad, you've seen me, what, what, what's it going to take? And I remember he says, time. And that's not justifiable, but that was his reason. Time. Like, I want to see if you're really going to stick with it. That's, that's legit, because if you're a disciple and you can't, you know, you, you really have to help. When you make Jesus Lord, you're a responsibility to God. That's a vow. Yeah. So you have to know enough in faith that you're never going to quit. You may struggle. You may stumble. But you, God doesn't say make that lightly. Right. 
And I said, Dad, what do you mean time? It's been 10 years. You've seen me change as a single. You've seen me change from drugs and all the craziness. You've seen my life. I'm married. Look at Sonia. That should be enough. You, how could I get a wife like that without God? There's no way. And he's still driving. <laughs> but he finally came around. In, uh, in, in Romans 14, 23, it says, but whoever has doubts is condemned if they eat because their eating is not from faith. And everything that does not come from faith is sin. So I'm not going to go into the dispute in this situation, but everything that does not come from faith is sin. And what is faith? It must be obey, uh, from the word of God. You can't say your, biblical, your faith is correct if it's not based on the word of God, the truth. We must worship God in spirit who we don't see. Faith. And truth, he gives us enough to go, hey, I believe the words of God are true. Does that make sense? So, one cannot obey God without doing what God says to do. When God says to do it, how God says to do it, and for the reason God says to do it, we need to do it. If we do, if we do, if, if what we do in worship is not according to the word of God, then it is vain and useless. And will cause us to be eternally lost. Closing out. Look at this last scripture, which is one of my favorites. My wife definitely has a theme on this. And I really appreciate her great digging into this and sharing what she's learned to the women, but to everyone. In Romans 12, verse 1, it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Those who are studying the Bible, I want to commend you. I see a lot of people that are coming, and they've been coming, and they're asking questions. And, and you know, we're a church that doesn't just give you emotional statements. We go, you, you want to understand, and they do. We go, let us show you and answer questions why we live and why we do what we do. And what does it mean? What does the Bible say? And you get your questions because you've got to have enough faith to be able to repent and be baptized. You don't have to know everything, but you've got to know Jesus is Lord. You got to know that your way of life was not right. It was sin, but not only the sins, your whole way of pattern of life, your whole direction of living for God, offering your life as a sacrifice. So everything you do with God, success and everything, you, you do as a platform, but you honor God first. But it says by renewing your mind. What's that mean? Continuing to look at things, be honest, be open with God, his word, prayer, people, and then change. Renewal means continual change. Renewal means freshly going, I'm excited. And he says, guess what? If you're seriously continuing to do what I want by the word of God, it says then you're going to be able to test and approve what God's will is. Well, back to, God's word was speaking to Cain. If he would have changed and said, you're right, I am angry, and I'm jealous, and I'm ticked off, God wouldn't have said, well, that's too bad, you're going to hell. He would have said, okay, keep talking. And he'll say, if you do what's right, we can get you back. Cain could have changed his mind. Cain could have let God's word and let him renew his mind, freedom of choice, and said, you're right. I'm going to go now and obey you, and I'm going to come back with an offering because of my humility towards your words of God on the way you want, your love language. And now I'm going to see, because when I do that, see, his heart would have been released when you repent all the sinful things. You're not angry. You're not bitter. You're not jealous. Those things may come up again. And then you renew, and you get the chance to be that son that says, no, I'm going, I, I, no, I'm, I'm going to repent quicker, and I'm going to do it. Even though for a moment you're having a stutter step. Yeah. Stutter step. But you're, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to change. My heart's telling me not. I don't want to do it. And I go, why? And then I'm going to get open. I'm going to talk. And I say, because I'm stubborn. Because I'm prideful. Because I'm competitive. Because I'm jealous. Because I don't trust who's telling it to me. That's why we always open the Bible. We show you the Bible, not the person. Don't look at the person. Look at the Bible, and then the person hopefully is being humble and striving to do what they're doing, but it's about God, right? So, the title of this lesson was Come to Your Senses. That's a good thing. Wow, I could have had a V8. Remember that commercial? Anybody remember that if you're a little older? It was kind of a, yeah, remember that? 
It's a, it was, I mean, it was a really catchy campaign. For a long time, V8, the younger people don't know, but that thing went around, and even though I didn't get a V8 all the time, I sure knew what it meant. It wasn't even the V8. What connected you was, wow, because they took something else. They chose something that was not substantial. Like, they're down at Thurston, they drank some unhealthy drink, and then they, someone mentions something or brings it, and they go, wow, I could have had a V8, which means it would have been a better choice. But see, God wants you to continue to make choices. Come to your senses in worship. Learn how to come to church, setting your mind before you come with the fellowship and the reverence. But when the word spoke, celebrate with people. Be joyful, but think about what's being said from God's word and honor him with your heart. Make decisions what I'm saying. It's, it's what I'm saying is God's word, but hopefully God's word is making you renew and reflect and go, what does it mean for me? Where am I at? And just be honest. Because it's not about showing up for anybody. It's just going, what's going on? If you don't know, then open up and go, hey, man, can I... You can come up to me. I'll set anytime, anywhere, and we'll talk. There's not going to be any force feeding. It's just like, what do you think? What do you think? What do you, let's look at the scriptures. You got any questions? Let's look at the Bible. The last point was come to your senses and change your mind. Change your mind. That's a good thing. That's humility, and to God be the glory. Amen.